Welcome to the EAT Podcast. It's episode number 28. I'm your co-host, Jerry. The other co-host over there is Russ. Russ, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. Sporting the uh, Ranger hat tonight. Loving it. Loving it. I got my shirt on. We didn't even plan this. Look at this. (laughs) We're gay for each other. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing wrong with that. We're just supportive of our uh, our number one team. That's all. I'm in the... uh, I'm in the cozy confines of my basement here. It's a little setup I got going on now. I think I'm going to do the show from down here from now on. Looks like you're in a hunting cabin. It, uh, listen, it's uh, it's cozy. I got some wood paneling. I got some brick. I got a fireplace on the other side. It's uh, it's nice. It's different. It's not the uh, not the old setup I had. And uh, just switched over the internet in the house, so we shouldn't have any more streaming issues on my end. Yeah, you spoke too soon, buddy. You haven't been clear or... Uh... <laughs> Here we go. Been, been choppy here. Great, great, and I, and I'm at ten out of ten on the connection too, which is uh, maybe amazing. Listen, maybe it's the computer. My whole issue was my fucking computer. I got a new one, and here we are. I haven't had problems, and I'm in the middle of my kitchen. I might uh, need to do that next too. Then. <laughs> All right. So it's been an interesting week since we last uh, had a podcast. I got to say, uh, Paul Rudd voted sexiest man alive by uh, People Magazine. Is this? Is this a joke? What's going on here? I, I, don't think I could name at least half a dozen people off the top of my head right now that I would consider better than him. And I'm not, you know, I'm not condoning or making fun of or whatever, but this guy cannot be the sexiest man alive. It, it just can't be. It's got to be a joke. Tell me it's a joke, Russ. I don't know. My wife just said, who's Paul Rudd? Yeah, exactly. Who's Paul Rudd? No, no, no. I, know. I love Paul Rudd. I, I'm down with it. I'm, I'm just saying, is, how does he not know who Paul Rudd is? He's like, oh, a man. I know who he is. Oh, yeah, and she knows who he is, yeah. Um, oh, chat's on fire already. Here we go. <laughs> all right. uh, either way, I, I, I like Paul Rudd a lot. Um, sexiest man. Yeah, I don't know about that one. Uh, if you told me it was Ryan, Ryan Reynolds, like 80th time, I'd be perfectly fine with it. Um, yeah, I, I would, him, The Rock, I mean, George Clooney, sure. I mean, come on. Paul Rudd. What has Paul Rudd even done? Hey, you leave Ant Man alone, brother. Come on, 40, forty year old. Vir- uh, the what is it? The uh, this is forty four year old virgin. Uh, what was it? Uh, I love you, man. Freaking again, Ant Man. The Marvel movies. Come on, don't, don't you dare diss Paul Rudd on me. Uh, Ryan Reynolds, The Rock, George Clooney. Up, I'm putting above him, and that's just the three off the top of my head. I love The Rock, but I'm not putting The Rock above above Paul Rudd. Really? Yeah. Wow. All right. All right. I, I I just don't see it. When I saw that come out, I was like, this has to be a joke. Yeah, you got to remember that. They got to change it up. Every, they can't, you know, you really can't have, you know, Ryan Reynolds and Brad Pitt every year. You know, you do got to you know, change it up a little bit. But if these are the guys, then these are the guys. Just like, you know, the women are the women. I, You know what? I haven't even seen a woman, uh, a beautiful or most hot or however you want to word it, woman, sexiest woman alive in a while. I don't know if they're even stopping doing that or not, but... Uh, yeah, I haven't seen that. Picture. I don't know. My wife just said something, and now she's beside herself in the corner. <laughs> Fuck, I'm dying. Oh, boy. 
<laughs> we're gonna go. About, we're uh, gonna go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> you can talk about emailing somebody her picture after you said the sexiest woman alive. She's emailing her picture. <laughs> I don't know. My wife. My wife does crazy things. Half the oh. time she's crying to herself in laughter and don't even know what the fuck it's about. And then and then it turns out to be that she's thinking of a video of me falling down in front of my house. Oh, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> which which we will eventually play. I'm sure we will. I don't even remember where the hell that is. Oh God. I, I lost the video of me scaring her on the ring cam and her calling me a fucking asshole. <laughs> but I got her good though. All right, and uh I know that you haven't been watching it, but uh, I got to tell you, the, the amount of stuff Netflix is putting out, unbelievable lately. I'm, you know, Squid Game, I'm a huge fan of. Money Heist is another show I've been a big fan of. Sex Life was a big a big show. Some people say that led to some situations going on in my uh, my current state of affairs over here, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, that's disturbing. But uh, Money Heist, the final season. God, God, God bless your wife for those uh, 10 seconds of uh, passion. Hey, it was 15, all right? <laughs> and there goes my wife again. Don't feel bad. You know, the older I get, the few, the few and far between it comes, and it's the same. Yeah, we, are, we are going down a different road. 28 episodes in now. I got to say that. If you're out there, kids listening, trust me, when you get older... Yeah, you know, you're not getting it three, four times a week. It's you know, it's, it's hard to stay up on your uh, your stamina. Oh boy. Uh, <laughs> so I anyway, I back to my original thoughts. I got into Wheel of Time, which is Amazon. Okay. Uh, you gotta like fantasy. You gotta like kind of like Lord of the Rings type stuff for that. Okay. Um, if you like any type fantasy stuff like that, it's basically. Uh, a simple story of like they're looking for like a, a child who was born years ago and has magical powers and they're trying to find him and they're basically a society of women that are have powers not like witches but similar and they're trying to find him uh find this person um and then if anybody watched the hawkeye series for marvel first mm-hmm. two episodes came out that was uh i actually enjoyed that pretty good um what do you call it Obviously, if you're a fan of Marvel movies, you know that Disney has done a very good job of doing their uh, their standalone character shows, especially with Loki and, and WandaVision. They just keep pumping out stuff. It's unbelievable. I mean, with Disney Plus now, you have the ability to just crank out show after show, character after character. I mean, yeah, but every character in every movie got a backstory. Just, they haven't been just cr- cranking them out just to crank them out. They've been really good. I mean, WandaVision, I had no interest in watching, couldn't give two shits. Um, and I ended up watching it. I loved it. And, uh, it was, uh, from the previews, it's very different from what the show actually was. And then the Loki show was, was, I enjoyed, you know, fully. It was, uh, really, 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 really good. So, (laughs) so back to my original thought, money heist, the final season is dropping on Friday from Netflix and something I've watched from the beginning. When I first heard about it, I actually found the show on some website in Spanish and ended up <laughs> ended up finding out how to switch it to uh, English subtitles because I was so hooked after the first season. And it was like in the middle of the second one. And I just I had to watch it. And I've been hooked ever since. I binge watched a season and a half in like 
three days, and then the other half of season two, I found on some Spain website that I had to switch the uh, Spanish to uh, English English subtitles, and now I'm hooked. But anyway, the final season is uh, is dropping on Friday, and it should put a wrap up. They should wrap up uh, everything, but it's pretty good. They rob a couple of banks. Uh, people getting blown to pieces and all that other stuff. I don't want to ruin for anybody if you haven't seen it, but definitely one of Netflix's biggest uh, biggest shows, along with Red Notice and Squid Game and all that stuff. Money Heist is definitely in that conversation as well. All right, so moving along, Russ, the NHL. Jack Hughes signs a monster deal. $64 million for eight years. This is a guy that has played, what, 119 games, 130 games, whatever it is. It was 117 or something. Yeah, like so, something like that. Probably got 50-something-odd points. Uh, and, you know, obviously being in the New York metro area, the minute you see this deal come down for a player like this, you right away you think, all right, what is Capo Caco going to get and what is Lafreniere going to get? I hope this is not indicative of what Capo's going to get. I, I, honestly, my first thought was is – the kid hasn't broken out. He's definitely has talent. He definitely has talent. I get, you know, I get that. You know, yeah. I'm not going to say, you know, uh, he doesn't. He's his number one pick, and he's definitely been a very valuable player to them this this season. He played better, but um, over last season, whatever. But you got to look at it. They're they're paying him for the, his potential. I yeah. would have thought that with him haven't had in like a a breakout season yet. That you would have got a bridge deal, which is kind of what I'm expecting Kako to get. You which know? has been the Ranger motive, you know, yeah. the Ranger operating I mean, uh, the procedure devil, but, with all these guys. But why not a two year bridge deal? Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but wouldn't he still be a restricted free agent even after that because he's because of the age? I mean, listen, I could be wrong on that one. Um, but well, his entry level deal is going to be three years, right? That that that's the starting point for things. Then. He's going to have a couple of years of rest- of restricted free agency, yeah, and so arbitration two-year, eligible. A two year bridge deal, I believe, would still keep him in restricted, so you wouldn't have yeah. to worry about losing him. But you know, you would really see though what he's going to become because I don't see an eight million dollar player yet. You're banking well, on his potential. That's that's a lot of money to hope that he, he you know he comes to fruition as a number one pick. So his rookie deal is up after this year. He's 20 years old, and he would have went into restricted free agency after this contract is up. So maybe they're afraid of the, uh, the offer sheet idea as we've seen with Sebastian Ajo in this last off season with Montreal and Carolina. And uh, I, I, uh, two, two years ago, and then the, the revenge deal with uh Kat Kiemi, which just happened this off season. I'll be honest. Maybe they're you, afraid I, of that. I think, I think, uh, I think that, it's the opposite. Um, I don't think I'd be worried about that. With the situation that happened between Carolina and the Canadians with the offer sheets, yeah, I'm pretty sure the rest of the league took that as a uh, not a joke, but almost it kind of they made a joke of it. That I think you're not going to see that for a while again. Uh, on a side note, breaking news: Oh boy, Marcus breaking Stroman. news. Marcus Stroman has signed with the Chicago Cubs. What's the uh, money involved in this? No. And we're gonna we're gonna get to baseball down the road because don't, don't a lot of yet. news dropped in the past don't. couple of days. The uh, Stroman just confirmed on Twitter, Chicago Cubs. So all right, so right. we don't see money though. 
Not yet. It was him confirming right. him putting it up there. Uh, yeah, it's, I don't see eight million dollars for him. Um, I don't either, and I don't see eight million for Kako, and I don't see eight million for Lafreniere either. On a side note, listen, could they end up striking it good? And in four or five years, this kid's a superstar, and that eight million dollars a year is a, a deal, you know, a great deal for them. Yes, but right now, that's a lot to bank on a potential player. Yeah, you know, I think the- I, I wouldn't have thought that they would have given him more than. Four or five million a year. I was going to say, I think the first, th- first two, three, even four years of this deal, you, it's definitely an overpay. And then what? You're hoping that on the back end of this, when he could have been making 10, 11, 12, if he actually pretty much peaked, you pretty, saved money on the back end. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't like the way that's, they did that's, this, that's but I like to hope for. And as much as I love Kako and I want him to succeed, I hope if they extend him, it, his deal is nowhere near this. I, I'll be honest with you. I, I wouldn't want to see anything over uh, anything over four million at this point. Listen, you're you're putting you're putting Hughes in the same conversation as a Adam Fox and those type of deals that were just signed. You know, eight nine million. Uh, yeah, Cal, Cole, Cal McC- Cole McCarr, Cal McCarr, and and, and yeah. uh, you know, two guys that are you know, Fox is a Norris winner now, and. You, car is basically on the verge of winning a Norris, you know, yeah. several, you know, few years here. And, uh, I listen, yeah. Hey, you know, obviously as Ranger fans, we hope the deal fails and blows up in their face, but, Oh, you know, sure. I, listen, congrats to Jack, but, uh, you know, even, uh, I don't know. I think even his brother Quinn is laugh, probably laughing at this one. Well, they, they also drafted his other brother and he's playing at Michigan right now. I wonder yeah. if this contract being for eight years, Played into uh, into that as well, knowing this brother's going to come. You know, I don't know. Possible from now or so, whatever it's going to be. All I know is, is right now, good or bad, Hughes is laughing his way to the bank. So good. Oh, good yeah. You know. yeah, definitely laughing to the bank. So. Somebody else who was just hitting the pocketbook. Speaking of the bank, uh, Brendan Lemieux got into an altercation with uh, Brady Kachuk over the uh, weekend and got into a little tussle as they go to the ice. Uh, Brendan Lemieux apparently bit Kachuk on the wrist, which led to a match penalty and a hearing with player safety. Yep. Player safety handed down a five-game suspension to Lemieux. Uh, I I thought biting left the sports world when Tyson bit Holyfield's ear decades ago. On a side note, uh, Sean Avery kind of justified the the biting because he he thought that uh, Kachuk was trying to, you know poke his eye out or something or some weird explanation. Really? But, uh, I, I don't know if I saw that one, but, uh, but yeah, the, the biting thing, um, I don't know. It was kind of stupid on his part. You just cost your, uh, not, you know, not that I give a shit about the Kings, but you just cost <laughs> a couple, no. couple games of play and you cost yourself a little hit in the wallet there. Oh, Jesus Christ. What happened now? We got a Jacob Truba goal. Oh, beautiful. Into the game. Hey, I got to say real quick, uh, we haven't been a fan of the Truba contract. And we're going to get into Jeff Gordon in a second who just uh, landed a job. But we haven't been a fan of the of the Truba contract. People are now that Gordon has gone on to uh, Montreal to be the executive vice president up there. People are looking at the deals Gordon made. And the Truba deal is one that I mean, that's it's glaring. It's huge. Uh, Neil Pionk went the other way and has p- had a pretty good career 
in Winnipeg. I mean, it's the middle of nowhere, but he's had a pretty good career. He brought in Truba for that massive $56 million or $58 million contract that he signed when he uh, brought him over. And now, all of a sudden, I want to say, Truba's put a good week or two together of games. You got to say. No, I think I, 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 I don't dislike Truba. I think he's played well for the most part, but I don't see the $8 million. No, contract not, is atrocious. He his offensive numbers haven't been uh, – you know what they needed to be. I just think he's been a, a good, you know, defenseman. I think he carried Keandre Miller for a good part of last year before he got injured. Yep. Um, but I don't see the the eight million dollar worth. You know. No, I don't. Maybe 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 you know five or six, but the eight million dollar worth is uh, for me. It's not there. I think he needs to do a little bit, little more. But uh, listen, like I said, I still think he's a good defenseman. I still think people. I think still. Jesus Christ, I can't speak tonight. I still think people give him a bad rap because they just look at the contract and and uh, they don't realize how good of a defenseman he actually is and just look at every excuse to nitpick and, and shit on him. But uh, yeah, that's, the, that's I guess that's the price you pay when you uh, you command a big salary. You also didn't expect Adam Fox to you know blossom into what he's become so quick. Very and now, now you're comparing that contract to Truba, and of course, there isn't even a comparison. That's that's the problem. But uh, speaking of Jeff Gordon, was doing some NHL Network analyst uh, gig for the first few months here, or a month and a half, Hold and on. now lands my a job with the Canadians, who blew up their whole front office. Hold on, my my dog's ass requires scratching. <laughs> <laughs> Hello? I don't even know if we can see him here. No. Wait, wait, wait. Say hello to the Scotchy. <laughs> so, yeah, Jeff Gorton does some NHL analyst work for a month or so, and now uh, Montreal decides to uh, blow up their front office. Jeff Molson, the, uh, the owner up there in Canada for Montreal. Fires the uh, Molson A. Eh? Yeah, Molson A. Eh? Fires the uh, GM, Bergevin. Uh, fires two other people as well, and brings in Gorton to run the show. And now, it's Gorton's responsibility to find a English slash French speaking general manager that he's going to work in tandem with. With a whole new uh, mindset of how Montreal is going to operate. And, Russ, oh. did you see who wants to be the GM? The first name came out last night. Yeah, Patrick Waugh. Yeah. Uh, well, two things. The A lot of what I'm reading is that basically Gorton is the GM of this team. And a, a lot of Canadians are sitting there saying that uh, this is just <laughs> a way of circumventing their, uh, you know, the need for a friend, you know, basically anybody that he picks is going to be a puppet. However, okay. with that said, if Patrick Waugh were to land this, Pat, I don't that I, I could see an issue with that. If that was their, if that's their intention, because Patrick Waugh is a very fiery personality. <laughs> yes, he is. You know, I don't see him being a puppet to anybody. Um, so I have a feeling that they're not going to go that route. I have a feeling they're going to pick somebody. That will let Gorton pull the strings. Is why, why else is is like I said is now he cuts off his salary from the Rangers. Yep. So he's not going to be getting paid by the Rangers, which he was getting paid 
7 million, whatever he said it was. 7 million is what the number I was um, told. And obviously, so you know where I am and who lives around the corner here. So, you know my deal. Family, I don't see him moving up there to just take an executive VP position, position without them, you know, telling him what he's really going to do. So, but uh, on he's a moving, side note, the he's, French- moving the, he's moving the family up there. So, he's up there long term. Molson said that the contract is a long term deal. This isn't a. Uh, a two or three year thing, and Gordon's going to get bounced. He's going to be there for a while. And uh, the other thing too about the whole French English thing needed there, I, I yeah. think that's so outdated. And not for the fact of, you know, you know, for the saying like, oh, he has to speak French. It's like saying like somebody that has to speak, you know, they speak Spanish, they have to speak English. None of that. To me, you're limiting your prospect pool as far as potential GMs. Oh yeah. And you would think that the whole point of a franchise is to win. That winning would trump all. That you'd rather have, instead of the best guy available, you'd rather have the best guy available that speaks French as opposed to the best guy available overall. Listen, it is what it is. That's what makes you happy. That's the Canadians. I I get it. You know, there's a huge, you know, you know, French Canadian community up there, and uh, you know, a good part of Canada speaks French as well. I get it. You know, I understand. But you want to win too. You know, you're limiting your prospect pool. I would think they would say, listen. We're going to get who we get to fucking run this team and, you know, build a successful franchise. And I know that they went to a Stanley Cup last year, but I think that was more of a, uh, you know, a surprise to them just as much, you know. And uh, other than that, they really haven't been fully relevant since fucking 93. Yeah, they honestly, I mean, they I mean, they shit. had a hot goalie, which, you know, that's all it takes in the NHL playoffs to steal a series or yeah. two. I mean, like I said, they haven't been relevant since fucking Patrick Waugh was on the Canadians. And if you, you ask freaking the kids, you know, kid, 20-year-old kid nowadays, probably didn't even know that Patrick Waugh would played for the Canadians. It was that long ago. And, you know, like you just said, you're, you're pigeonholing yourself in with a select few people who speak English like and that. French. Pigeonholed? Yeah. <laughs> By the way, uh, Niels Lundqvist and Capo Caco on the uh, assists. All right. Beautiful. Um, I hope Lundqvist has a good year. I really do. I want him to, uh, I want him to have a good, a good rookie year and progress. I want him to be uh, one of the top defensemen. You hear so much about him and how he was great in Sweden and, you know, rising up after they drafted him. That's somebody I'm really excited about. Swedish. But anyway, so going back to this, Patrick Waugh says he wants to come in and be the GM. You pigeonhole yourself in with someone who speaks English and French. My question to you, Russ, is this. Now, obviously, in New York, Mark Messier is the end-all, be-all when it comes to the Rangers because he brought the cup here. Montreal has that same you know, feeling with Patrick Waugh because they haven't done anything since him, and he won a couple of cups there with them. Then he was a successful coach with Colorado before he got bounced out of there. But we've I, seen Messier... find that word successful. Well, he had a couple of good years in Colorado. Eh. But then my, my thought is this. You have a guy that is well-known, well-liked, just like Messier is loved here. Patrick Waugh is the same up there. The whole idea with Messier coming on and being a coach or a GM or whatever position here at the Rangers never came to fruition because people say it might tarnish the whole 94 bringing the cup to New York thing. Well, Do you think also, it, well, hold on. There's also a big difference there. If you told me right now we could have Messier as our coach, I would probably say absolutely not. Well, not probably. I would. Yeah, absolutely. He has not. zero coaching experience. 
Whereas at this point, Patrick Watt does have coaching experience, but he doesn't have GM experience. So my no, question but at least is, there's, at least there's still, I guess, front office experience there. You're still involved in that type of those type of dealings with mm-hmm. the front office. So he at least has that experience. Pat uh, Messier has has none of it. Messier just, you know, I hate to say it, just you know, is, you know lives on his name. You know, he hasn't had that front Six office. Six cups. I mean, he can live on anything he wants. <laughs> I agree. But like I said, is Patrick Wallace has that experience. And, you know, it'd be different if even if Messier had been coaching in the minors. You know, it's hard to never, you know, look at Gretzky. They threw Gretzky in there and, you know, he was, I hate to say it, a terrible coach. So my question to you is this. Do you think, obviously Patrick Wallace says, hey, I want to come in. I want to be the GM. I can speak French. I can speak English. I'm, you know, a great candidate for whatever reason, blah, blah, blah. I've been a winner here. Do you think Montreal looks at that and says no, because they don't want to tarnish the legacy or the reputation? Do you think that limits him? I mean, listen, he could be the next great thing, and we don't know. He could go, you know, for argument's sake, he could go to Minnesota two years from now or Florida three years from now and win a cup seven years from now, and be great. You don't know that, but I'm just out of thin air. Do you think the idea of him tarnishing the legacy in Montreal is going to work against him in this? It might. It's possible. Like I said, too, it's a, you know they're even harder to play there than it is New York because of the media. Oh, the pressure has to be you know, has to be unbelievable there. Has um, to be. You know, I know people talk about how hard it is to play in New York, believe me. As far as hockey goes, Montreal and you know even Toronto for that matter, that's the end all be all. The, the media is is absolutely ridiculous. It's got to be brutal up um, there. But I, I I don't think so. I think uh, you know I don't think they view it the same way. Like I said, he has coaching experience. Um, he has you know that front office experience. So, but we'll see what happens. I mean, listen, I, I just the French thing. If that's what makes him happy, listen, if it was me and you fucking – I wouldn't care. If you told me a coach coming to the Rangers that only spoke fucking like Swahili and uh, didn't speak English and had to use a translator, but he brought us three cups, Jesus Christ, I, I, I'd probably – Right? I'd probably celebrate in Kwanzaa with him. The uh, I, I wouldn't care what – oh, we got two nothing. <laughs> Dylan Hunt. Dryden Hunt. When I say Dylan Hunt. Dryden Hunt. Dylan Hunt. Is that, is that like a NAS- – sounds like a NASCAR driver, Dylan Hunt. I think there is a Dylan Hunt somewhere, somewhere, but yeah, Dryden Hunt, <laughs> who I had to say has actually played pretty, pretty well. Isn't that, uh, isn't that the line of him laughing and Gauthier? So Dylan Hunt has bounced around. Uh, Dryden Hunt, I, I got you fucked up now too. <laughs> <laughs> Dryden Hunt has bounced around. He was a fourth liner, I think, when the season started, and then uh, wasn't playing for a few games. Then you got a couple of injuries that came in. To play, uh, then he got by, bounced up to the first line with assisted, uh, by, assisted by Panarin. So he's playing something. I was gonna say he got bounced up to the first line with Panarin and uh, and Mika, and Panarin and Strom for uh, for a little while. So he's bouncing around. Listen, he's having uh, he's having a good start now. I mean, he's getting obviously he just scored a goal now, but getting some points, and uh, that's all you can. I ask think he's for. played played well. I think people, uh, yeah, you know, same thing with Gauthier. I give two craps about Gauthier before the season. I think he, I think then this season, I think he's played extremely well. It's, I think, uh, you know, I think everyone just associates, you know, if you're not scoring goals, you're not playing well, but he's made 
quite a few great plays over the last few weeks. And uh, I think you just finally see what happens when you give players some ice time. But uh, it doesn't mean, you know, I'm the greatest fan, but I think they've uh, him and Hunt have actually played very well as role players this season so far. No, he was a guy that uh, we were hoping Seattle was taking in the draft before uh, Colin Blackwell was taken uh, by the Kraken. Side note, how is Colin Blackwell doing? I don't think he's doing shit. You know what? That's a very good question. What has Colin Blackwell done? And then what did you tell me they think you can get for him in a trade last year? What, what was that? Second round pick is what I said. Second yeah. round pick. <laughs> Listen, well, last year. Because I don't think it was a second round pick. Last year. We should go back to the text. But last year, he was playing with, the you know, the stars or the, you know, the big guns on the Rangers. And oh, now it, I don't know. Right, what it's, up, it's updated. Assisted by Fox and Panarin. Another assist for the Fox. Love that guy. Uh, well, I'm uh, looking up what Colin Blackwell has done for Seattle. Already has beaten you. Well, Seattle is seventh in the Pacific Division. Yes, I don't. They're, they're at the bottom of the Pacific where they belong. <laughs> uh, he has only played six games. He has one goal, one assist. So maybe we made the right decision. Uh, yeah, I would think we did. You know, and I'm not, like, like I said, I'm not saying Gothy is going to be the next anything, but you, you, every team needs reliable, good role players. And if he's going to, you know, people forget too, he's been on the team for what, two years now. He's still like Kako, they're still very, very young. So, you know, if you've got a kid that can develop at least to play a good role player, you still need those guys. You yeah. Know, not everybody's going to score 20, 30 goals. All right. Moving along here, the, uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins were sold to a group which owns the Boston Red Sox. And the uh, Liverpool. Yeah, Liverpool uh, Soccer Club or Football Club. Football Club. Why don't you dare call them Soccer Club? Listen, I, I call MLS soccer. That's fine. It's great. But you, you, know, you talk about my Liverpool or English soccer. It's English football. It's fuck. I did it. It's football. <laughs> the group also owns a, uh, a race car company. And now they just added the Pittsburgh Penguins to their uh, their plethora. Yeah, I think that's an odd. I think it's an odd combo. Yeah. Um, obviously, I guess the Boston Bruins were unavailable. You know, obviously, uh, <laughs> anything local uh, to Boston was not around for them to uh, to buy. And for nine hundred million, they didn't. They didn't. Uh, yeah, they they didn't money. get this on the cheap. That's for sure. No, they got some money. And. Uh, Mario Lemieux was going to stay and run things with the team. But also that info that came out during this uh, press conference and release was that the same group now wants to buy an NBA team in 2022. Well, here's my, uh, here's my take on this though. Um, fuck this group. I'll tell you why. Because <laughs> you're not a Red Sox fan? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm a Liverpool fan. They own it. Um, nice to have owners that have money. But this, to me, buying all these different franchises, not if you told me that this Fenway group owned the Patriots, owned um, the Red yes. Sox, owned the Bruins, yes, they want to stay that region. They care. Okay. Um, obviously, everybody cares. About it. But this group specifically just cares about money in a greed way they're not caring who they own they just want to own so they're owning one of the biggest clubs in europe they're owning you know 
they're the, 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 the Penguins in Pittsburgh. They own their allegiance is spread all out. Yeah, tells what's next? The Sacramento tells, Kings. Exactly. It tells <laughs> me that they just you know, and obviously yes, you're, everything is about money. That's fine, and you know, we all we all want it too. But this to me, it doesn't show care. It just shows they just want they just want their hands in everything to and make as much money as possible. You know, it's you know, I, I, yeah, that's my point. Listen, I I agree with that. Obviously. Obviously, they're involved in the sports ownership, you know, world. If the Boston Bruins aren't available, if the Patriots aren't available, and anything local isn't available, they're still going to go buy a team. But I agree. They're not based over the Atlantic. They're not based in Pittsburgh. You know, they're just owning a team for owning a team. And Yeah, I don't see how a group from Boston, you know, wants to buy the Penguins and then just search for an you know, it's it just, uh, you know, it'd be different. They said, Hey, we're going to buy the penguins and relocate to Pittsburgh and then work on starting a franchise, NBA franchise in Pittsburgh. Yeah. It'd be different to me. This is just a money grab of, Hey, we're going to just buy shit all over the place and just try to make as much money as possible. And there's no fault to make, but you making money. But if I was a player or anything, it just, I, I want to see an owner that, that cares about, you know, the, you know, the team, not just, they got eight million uh, interests all over the place. I agree. Hey, uh, big matchup tonight. We've been discussing the Rangers and Flyers. Obviously, that's not the big matchup I'm talking about. But tonight you have Sidney Crosby and Connor McDavid, McJesus, facing off tonight at ten o'clock Eastern in Edmonton. It's a battle of the uh, the two one of the well two of the premier hockey players in the uh, the league right now. But it's the first matchup of the season between these two guys. Also tonight, you got Colorado-Toronto, which is about to face off uh, any minute now. Two teams that are horrendous up in Canada. You got Vancouver and Ottawa. I don't know who who's watching that, but that's a battle of lottery picks for sure. Seattle's playing Detroit at 7.30 as well. Detroit's been a pleasant surprise, like we discussed uh, last episode. And also out east tonight. I'm sorry, out west tonight. You have uh, Vegas and Anaheim, which Vegas has struggled a little bit. And Anaheim has, uh, I would say, overachieved a little bit. So you got a, two teams trending in the opposite direction of what you would have predicted when the season first started. Right now, the Rangers are up 2 nothing on Philly. You got about five minutes left in the first. You got Russ digging in the fridge, I'm thinking, over there as he's off camera. <laughs> And Evander Kane made news with San Jose uh, a couple days ago. The San Jose Sharks decided to put him on waivers, and nobody touched that contract. He's uh, in the middle of a seven-year, $49 million deal. And with the COVID vaccine card issue that came out that led to a 20-game or 21-game suspension to start the year, with a messy divorce and soon-to-be ex-wife who went on a Twitter or Instagram tirade about him and gambling on games and everything else that she alleged, which didn't come to uh, to anything after an investigation by the NHL. I got to ask you, Russ, who is touching this guy? I mean, $7 million a year. So let's say that the, the you know prospective teams first say, hey, you're going to retain 50%. So now we're at three and a half for the next three years. Who still wants to touch this guy and this contract with 
all the drama that surrounds Evander Kane. Anybody? Jerry. <laughs> uh, I don't think anybody does. It's too much to take on. Yeah, it's, uh, $7 million is a lot of money. If you said be $4 million, somebody would. But $7 million. I guess it's a surprise, Uncle Jerry. No, no, show mommy's surprise. So if. If 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 San Jose is retaining fifty percent, you're entertaining this guy coming onto your team with the drama off the ice with his ex. Depends on how much the allegations, the allegations of gambling and everything else that was you know put out there preseason, and now the whole the locker room hated him. They did, they weren't going to play for him in San Jose if he was on the team. The little mutiny that you you know those rumors were trickling out as well. You want this guy in your locker room? I don't want him on the Rangers, that's for sure. No, I'm good, but I think somebody might be desperate to turn him around, maybe. I don't know. I wouldn't be touching it. Um, <laughs> Bob Heagley <laughs> is in the chat, Russ. <laughs> Bob. We love you, Bob. Bob says, go Panthers. Uh, I'm assuming that's the Florida Panthers because we're on the NHL right now and not the Carolina Panthers. What? <laughs> My wife, she turned. I, know, I look over. She's got a balloon in her hand. She's like, going to suck the helium. <laughs> I guess hey, I- that <laughs> would be some good, some good content of Russ with a helium voice. Just saying. <laughs> yes or no? Before the shit goes. Whatever, just give it to me. There we go. There we go. <laughs> Oh my god. I don't remember, I don't remember tasting that bad. Oh. You got some skunk helium. Oh my god, it tastes legit. Yeah. Oh boy. It tasted like they filtered the helium through a fucking dog's ass. <laughs> All right, Russ, I want to move on to the NFL now at a team that's near and dear to you, the uh, the Colts. They uh, they blew a chance last weekend in a, you know, premiered Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. They did. Five turnovers. On, yeah, I was like, what are your thoughts on the game? Obviously, it, was cl- it looked close by the final score, but... Was it really that close? And after watching it, do you gauge that game as a possible Super Bowl preview? Oh, Super Bowl preview. We got to run the fucking table to get in the playoffs. Um, but five, we, I, I think it's shown that we can play with anybody. Um, you know, we didn't get blown out by the Rams. Um, I mean, they, they, they definitely beat us. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, you know, we, we hung with the, the, the box. We were, you know, kicking the crap out of them at halftime. Mm-hmm. And like I said, though, five turnovers ain't, ain't going to cut it. And I know I know people were were pissed off that we abandoned the run with the Bucks, And mm-hmm. being that we have Jonathan Taylor, who's right now the number one running back in the league, at least, you know, yards-wise. But nobody was complaining at halftime when we started throwing the ball like crazy and we were up 24 to 14 at half. Um, you know, but like I said, five turnovers, you know, Niam Hines with a huge fumbled punt. Um, 
<laughs> oh, excuse me. And uh, hey, it is what it is. You know, we tried to beat them with firepower, but you know, you turn the ball over five times, it just ain't gonna happen. Yeah, Jonathan Taylor only rushed for 83. I mean, he did have a touchdown, but rushed it's, for 83 on 16 kinda, carries. Kind of funny because he was tied with Ladanian Tomlinson and somebody else for the NFL record of consecutive games over 100 yards from scrimmage with a touchdown. And he had 97 yards from scrimmage, 83 rushing and uh, 14 receiving, whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. So, all he needed was three more yards, and he would have been the record holder for consecutive 100 yards from scrimmage and a touchdown. Unreal. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, everybody wants to uh, play Monday morning quarterback, and they definitely they definitely blew the chance to uh, to beat the Bucks. but what are you going to do? I almost blew a load when uh, Rodgers uh, re- returned the kickoff like 70 yards, whatever the fuck it was. You know, I thought he was going to run back to kick to tie the game against the Bucks. Christ. <laughs> hey, I gotta ask you. I'm looking at the box score right now. So obviously Leonard Fournette had a great game. You know, four touchdowns for Tampa. That's the thing is we didn't get beat by Brady. No, Gronk, you didn't. You got beat by him. Yeah, Gronk had uh, Gronk had a very good game. Yes, yeah, seven receptions for 123 did, yards. Um, but in the end, they, they you know Fournette, you know Fournette killed me. Fournette rushed for 100 and, uh, yards on 17 carries, three touchdowns, and then there, receiving he, end of things at 31 yeah. yards and a touchdown on, on seven receptions as well. Yeah, so. Hey, then, uh, what's going on with T.Y. Hilton? Uh, he had a couple catches. Um, it's just he's just not the man anymore. Michael Pittman's the man. Okay. And he's uh, he's getting up there too. He's Pittman's kind of, if you look at his stat-wise, he's pretty much a top 15 receiver at this point. So okay. he, he's in year number two, same with Taylor, and uh, looks very, very promising with the both of them. You know, uh, what do you call it? Like I said, his his yards, touchdowns, everything is pretty much top 15 numbers um, as far as wide receivers go. So he's it, – it's close. Um, he uh, He's on that cusp of being a superstar receiver, I think. Okay. Um, but definitely uh, – Definitely upped his value from his rookie year, and uh, it's making some noise now. So, um, it, what do you call it? Ty got injured, and uh, I think that's that's part of it. Is that, that you know Wentz doesn't have that chemistry with Ty. Mm-hmm. Ty is older, um, and he's really developed chemistry with other receivers, and uh, specifically Pittman being the man. So, I think it's just a different role for now. Okay. I'm trying to look at it here. Where did it go? Yeah, I mean, I, T, I just I haven't really heard the name T.Y. Hilton. Yeah, he missed a few games, uh, and like I said, he's already uh, whatever he is, thirty-five, six, seven, somewhere in there. Uh, so we uh, we had a little blip on the radar with the uh, the betting last week. I gotta say, we both went one yeah. and two. Obviously, on a, my picks. On a side note, uh, receiving wise. Pittman leads the team with 61 receptions, 800 yards, five touchdowns. The okay. next, the next closest is Jonathan Taylor with 36, so almost double the production. Ty Hilton only has 13 catches, 155 yards. So there you go. I mean, it's not even really yeah. that involved in the offense. But Lossie was hurt, but it's still not as not as involved yeah. as you would think from years past. Yeah, Pittman's the number one, improving to be a great draft pick. Same thing with, uh, same thing with Taylor himself. So. So, like I was just saying, we uh, we had a little uh, little hiccup with the yeah. uh, the betting last week. We both went one and two. I mean, you're still 
you're still on fire. Don't get me wrong. Uh, your betting, uh, you know, record is much better than mine. I'm 500 right now, and you're you're yeah, like public, 67%. So you're published record at that. So that, that's that's the key point. Yeah, you know, you see these guys who who, who claim they 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 win this and they pick that. Our records out there every morning on Sunday. Well, you also got to so we put out our picks. You got to look too, is we're picking against the spread and, and the over under spread too. So that's true. A lot yep. of these guys will be like, "Oh, I'm 30 and 15," but then half their picks are like, uh, you know, giant fucking favorites to money line to win. <laughs> so it is what it is. Listen, it's, I'm not saying it's going to last. Um, I'm definitely not the expert. Expert, uh, you know, pick them. I'm just on a good run. So it's it's been a hell of a run. So uh, the premier matchup this week, I'm just looking at the schedule real quick. I mean, there really is some garbage games out there. I'm Buccaneers, Falcons, Cardinals, Bears, Vikings, Lions. I mean, where's whoopty who in the chat today? Because this Lions might actually be able to win a game this this week with that divisional matchup. You never know. Those games are always close. My Colts play the Texans. Uh, They bet they better fucking win. I swear to God. Jets, Eagles, Raiders. Washington football team. Yeah, Ram, Rams, Jags, that's a waste. Raiders, Steelers, Bob. Ravens. I mean, obviously, that's a divisional matchup that's going to be good or close. Uh, Bob Higley writes, betting on your football calls is more profitable than trading OT stocks. Uh, right now, yes. Ravens, now there's nothing. Listen, the premier matchup is Monday night, Patriots, Bills. That's it. Yeah, even, even Niners, Seahawks, which early in the season would have been good, but Russell Wilson and the Seahawks look terrible. Uh, that, listen, they were one of my picks to uh, to make the playoffs. That obviously isn't going to happen this year at three and eight. Vikings, Lions. No, the matchups of this week are horrible. Bucks Absolutely right. garbage. Chargers, Bengals could be good. Actually, it's crazy that saying that. Yeah, you know, game involving the Bengals is good, but listen, Joe Burrow, man, I, I, I gotta tell you, he, uh, you know, they were, they were, they were. Uh, looks like they were right to draft him because. He's uh, he's looking good. Him and Jamar Chase got a nice little uh, nice little thing going right there. You know, another guy who's off to a great start, Mac Jones. I mean, and we discussed this guy oh. a, couple, a couple of weeks now. Hold on, what do you call it? What did you say the premier matchup was? Uh, Buffalo and okay. uh, New England Monday night. Yeah. See, subconsciously, so, so I wasn't paying attention because I just saw that now. I was like, wait a minute, this is a good matchup. Yeah, no, that's that's <laughs> the matchup of the week. Right. Obviously, the uh, first place Patriots and the second place Bills. That's the uh, the matchup. But speaking of Mac Jones and the year he's having, this has to be the, and we keep coming back to this, this has to be the best coaching display that Bill Belichick has had in a while. I mean, obviously, when you got the Bradys and the Gronks and everybody else that he's had over the years, it's easy for him. But now, with the team he has and a rookie QB and a, a team that's not filled with stars and Hall of Famers, to be leading the AFC East more than halfway through the NFL year has to be the best coaching uh, demonstration he's put on. Would you, would you agree? Uh, for, for right now, it's proving to be a, a very, very good one. See what happens at season's end. But uh, for right now, yes, it's, it's, it's looking like that. The, uh, the Thursday matchup this week? Is the Cowboys and the Saints. The Saints are going to be starting Taysom Hill at QB this week. And I guess he's going to get a little bit more money in that contract uh, he signed because he's going to be starting a QB. <laughs> but uh, have you looked over the game at all, Russ? You got any yeah. prop bets or anything? You know, mm-hmm. the line for this game 
is Dallas minus four and a half, and the over under is forty seven and a half. Any uh, any anything for no, you know, the degenerates out there? No, I'm not touching it. <laughs> not touching. I got I got more important things to be doing. <laughs> but all right, let's uh, let's move on to some NBA. If you're a disgruntled Knicks fan, and uh, tough loss last night, I got to say, yeah, tough loss. High hopes from last year. Um, obviously, this year is much of a disappointment. And the, the biggest signing of, of the seat of the offseason for them, Kemba Walker, has Local been benched. Guy. Has been benched, and uh, Knicks are not looking too great right now at eleven and ten. So, no but, tough uh, loss to uh, the Nets. And uh, you know, I'm not the biggest NBA fan, but I hate the super teams. I'm not a fan of these guys dictating who they get to go play with and where. You know, they get the Durant, Harden. You don't even have Kyrie playing right now in, in, in Brooklyn because of the whole COVID uh, vaccine issue that he's got going on. But I'm not a fan of the Nets. I, I Seeing them win last night wasn't wasn't fun. I'd like to see the Nets lose and the Knicks win. Um, it's, uh, speaking of winning, though. The Suns, oh, yeah. Suns beat the Warriors and won their 17th straight. But uh, trouble may be on the horizon as Devin Booker took an injury and he'll be out for a little bit. Yep. But uh, tonight they go for their, 18th record, their record 18th straight win. So. It's quite a, it's quite a run. They are so. playing. I'm looking at the uh, the NBA scoreboard right now, and tonight, let's see. They're playing the Detroit Pistons, who are terrible. Oh come on! I mean, that's a win. What's the money line on that, Russ? Like eight hundred? I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't bet on basketball. I don't bet on MLB. Um. Who even knows? Uh... You know what? That game is tomorrow night, Russ, at nine o'clock, and it's in Phoenix. It's uh, it's not tonight. It's tomorrow. Oh, slap my ass and call me silly, all right? <laughs> it, it, but yeah, I would, I would think the Suns are extending that winning streak tomorrow. You could probably bet the house on the money line and win that one, whatever the odds are for that. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, you never know. <laughs> don't ever bet your fucking believe me anyone tells you that that the game is a lock is the most fucking bullshit which, which means world. the pistons are going to win tomorrow now just because i said that yeah there is no <laughs> anybody that tells you the lock of the day or lock yeah they're fucking lock of an asshole um, but uh people follow people that say that and fucking next thing you know they lose their house very disturbing hey uh real quick just going back to the knicks so when the Knicks make the three-pointers during games, they play that bing-bong noise. I'm not sure if you heard this. Bing-bong. The bing-bong noise received write-in votes for the New York City during the New York City mayor election last month. I would, I would also <laughs> like to state that so did Daryl Strawberry. Oh, oh, who is voting for Daryl Strawberry? I can understand the vote for Pete Alonzo and Jacob deGrom. Who okay. The fuck, who the fuck wrote in Daryl Strawberry? I love the straw. Did Daryl vote for himself? I don't know. But <laughs> who the fuck vote? Listen, Daryl Strawberry wrote against. He ran for mayor compared to what was running. Carl, uh, Curtis Silva and Eric, what is it, Eric Adams, whatever his yep. name is. Um, yep. I probably would have voted for straw. Then again, yeah. <laughs> make it a, make it more of a joke than it already is. So, fuck it. Can't do any worse, right? Yeah. Right. Uh, don't even get me started. It's a topic I like to avoid. All right. Run with the uh, collective bargaining agreement for a second. All right. So 
The Major League Baseball Collective Bargaining, bargaining Agreement ends tonight at 11.59 Eastern. And the Players Union and the owners were in Dallas today to hold last-minute talks. Well, the talks lasted a whole seven minutes. And after a few proposals or one proposal was dropped, the other side said no thank you and left. The players that were in town for negotiations were seen leaving the hotel with uh, their luggage, which basically signals that the lockout is upon us in basically four hours and six minutes from now. The owners are going to lock out the players. And I just, obviously they're fighting about money. We discussed this last week. And just to get into it for a few minutes here, the union is proposing a 12-team playoff. The owners want 14 teams. The interesting thing that I thought with all of that is the first-place team, let's say they go to 14. The first-place team would get a bye. And the next three division winners would be able to pick their opponents in the first round of the... uh, Baseball playoffs. Hey, I think it's a great idea. I like that. I like that on one idea. I don't like. Right, I I I like that idea. I don't like the idea of a team able to pick their opponent, but I do like that idea for the fact of that the opponent could use that as motivation to say, "Oh hell yeah, bring it on." Um, yeah, I'd like to see longer MLB play. Fucking hat. I can't. I don't like that. It's the one game wild card, and then you basically you win one three game series, and you're into the fucking championship series. Yeah, we discussed that with the whole Braves, like with I the whole Dodgers and Giants, and and you yes. know they played before they got to the Braves in the uh, Listen, NLCS. You want to do a wild card playing in fine, but I want a three game series, then a seven game, and then a seven game conference. I want a normal. I agree. I don't want a one game playoff. I run it like the NBA playoffs and the 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 hockey playoffs. I. You know, obviously baseball, they can play night in, night out. So it's not spaced out as much. But to have just the three-game series and then you're basically, you know, you're basically into the fucking, you know, the ALCS yeah. and LCS right away, you know, I don't like it. Have have it add another round, you know. You know. Listen, you add more – if you add more rounds to playoffs, if you expand playoffs – you're creating more revenue, obviously, between TV deals and gates at the games and everything else, which the well, union and the owners are going to share that money. But I'm not, I'm not saying expand it where like everybody's getting in. You know, no, you know, I'm saying just give me a little more. You know, yeah, just, you know, I agree. Listen, or if you want, keep it the way it is, but make that division make the series, series bigger. Yes, make them. You know, the wild card play in is a three game series. Then you have a seven and seven, yep. you know, not, not the play in, then a three game series. You know, that, you know, you know what I'm saying? If you want Uh-oh. to keep things with, no, that was Chewbacca. That was a, <laughs> that was an email. Oh, all right. Well, my boss does the same thing. He's like, why do you have like 18 different sounds? But I know what it is. That was an email. <laughs> a dot is discord or, or whatever, or, you know, a, a, a sonar ping is a text message. A cash register is, we all know that one. We all know that one. So, but in the uh, quite, a, I got to tell you, the off-season acquisitions here, I have never seen such a, a, a large bunch of large numbers going like this. 
And let's I'm just uh, real, real quick before we touch upon that, let me just get into a couple other things that the these guys are fighting about. Obviously, the billions they're fighting about. The union wants advertising on jerseys. Russ, what are your thoughts on that? Negative. Not a fan of it. Negative. You already make enough fucking money. The, don't fucking dumb it down. The owners want to raise the competitive balance tax, which is basically like you know that threshold where if you go over it, you're paying a uh, a tax on on your salaries for the uh, the team. The owners want to go from the current level of 210 million to 214 million, which is nothing. It's pissing in the wind, basically. The union wants to raise that number to 245 million, which is significant. Well, because they're fighting for their players to get more money, so. Correct. The players are fighting for service time uh, changes. Obviously, you see that the owners manipulate that when you send a guy down to the minors during spring training and you don't call him up until the uh, the service time window. Are they watching in the living room or they in the bedroom? <laughs> the service time window goes past uh, that certain point where it doesn't count as a year of service for the uh, the rookies. So they manipulate that. They want to make changes to that. The players' union wants to start free agency earlier in a player's career. They want to implement a lottery draft like the NBA has. <coughs> also, the DH to be universal and a pitch clock to keep the games uh, speeding along. I don't think it's a bad idea for some of these things. Some of them... You know, obviously involve money. Some of them don't. Who cares about a universal DH? But they're arguing over it. Makes no sense to me. All right. Well, let's see what happens. All um, right. Now, you were saying uh, the money being thrown around with these contract signings. I mean, pff, unbelievable. Right, I'll, throw in one, I'll throw in one thing. When you mentioned the pitch clock thing, half me was like, yeah. all right, sometimes I wish we could install like a pitch clock on how long we take on each topic here. <laughs> I, I can only sit in this chair for so long, dude. <laughs> <laughs> um obviously the crown jewel of oh, my yeah. Mets, Max Scherzer, and all those people out there saying he's too old, you overpaid him. I don't give a fuck. This is the first time they're doing things that the Mets don't normally do. So I'm gonna yeah. enjoy it. Now, he better fucking perform. Granted, he's over the hill and he's probably gonna crash and do what the Mets do, but for once, we're finally spending fucking money on, on one of the top pitchers out there who's still yet to show a decline, which will come now. But uh, I'm still happy with it. You know, there's no salary cap. Let him freaking go. Um, you know, Cohen's Spoken like pitch. a true Mets fan. Cohen's <laughs> hey, listen, they're finally spending some money. So listen, yeah, you know, I'm happy with it. You know, whether he actually performs is another story. Um, but a really great pickup was. Stalling Marte, seventy-eight million, four years, yep. really, really great. We might, maybe his last year might be a big decline, but great average hitter, great speed, um, play center good, field, very, very, very good pickup. I, I, I like it a lot. Uh, Eduardo Escobar, same thing, very good little hitter. Uh, was an all-star the other year. Um, really like it. And then the the the, the Canna pick, eh. I'm iffy on just because average is not really there. And I, I never been big on people that you know, the Mets that don't hit for average. Because if they say they have a 244 average, they're going to hit 230. Um, Tigers stealing away uh, Javi Baez from the Mets. Uh, I'm seeing he went for 140 million. And I, I want to say I heard the Mets only offered 125. Yep. Um, 
I wouldn't I wouldn't have mind seeing him stay and see what he could do with Lindor. Yep. Um Rangers throwing it all up there. Spending I mean, like drunken sailors. 325 million for Corey Seeger, 175 million for Marcus Simeon. Great pickups, you know. And John, and John Gray, Gray for uh, 56 million. I know Gray did not perform well in uh in New York with the Yankees, but uh everywhere else he's pitched very well, so um, really good improvement for the Rangers there. Uh, Mariners getting Rob Ray, 150, 115 million. It's a big pickup for them. Yep. Uh, Gosman going to the Blue Jays, which half me was, uh, I know that they were all, uh, a lot of his fans wanted, wanted him, but he really only had one good drill season. So with the Giants, um, I mean, uh, the race <laughs> signing Kluber for an $8 million a year. I think he's over the hill and done, um, but you never know. Maybe down in uh, Tampa, was they have a great team. He uh, strikes gold for a year. Maybe he finally gets them over the hill there. Um, hey, I got to ask you, as a Mets fan, obviously Scherzer gets $43 million a year for three years. Let me ask you now, obviously, if the players were coming to New York, that is a big factor in this before I even preface my question, because who knows if they even wanted to come. But Noah Syndergaard left for $20 million or $21 million. And Strowman's going to the Cubs, like you just said before, when the show was just starting. Yeah. You spent $43 million a year on Scherzer, who was the crown jewel of the free agency market. As a Met fan, would you have been happier for the Mets to go sign a Robbie Ray and a Gosman or a Noah and a Robbie Ray? As opposed to bringing in Scherzer for forty-three million, I don't know. I really wanted to keep Noah, but in the end, um, he kept getting injured. What are you going to say? He, he kept getting hurt. I really loved Noah and the Thor moniker, and and you know, I, I would have liked I to feel, have kept him. But I feel like listening? the Mets' fifth starter is a joke right now, and you could have had two. Not you know aces, but two better pitchers. I'm trying to think now. We're looking at obviously the Grom Scherzer, which is I mean, if Scherzer keeps on his thing, you're looking at what the best one-two punch in baseball hands down. Oh, you're um, right. You know, if Carrasco can rebound, who was thought, injured for a good part of last year? Yes, if he can rebound, that would be good for us. And then to Juan Walker, who pitched, Correct. I thought I thought I thought he pitched very well. Yeah. Um, you know, still, this is also why I still would have liked to have kept Strowman, who kept under a you know, three RA. He was pitched excellent for us. Didn't yep. go late in the games, but he pitched excellent. I, I think he would have been. I think he would have kept him. He'd be fine. But yeah, I don't even know who 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 the hell there is our fifth starter. And then we lost well, Aaron. Fifth, we lost Aaron Luke, who was our best reliever. The fifth starter oh, is a guy named Peterson Russ. <laughs> oh yes, Peterson last year was supposed to be everybody looked, was hyped about him, and I don't think he pitched that well at all. Yeah, so when Listen, you look it's, at that, it's not over, you know. But then again, you see, like Ray signed a Kluber for eight million. Shit, I would have taken a flyer. I would have taken a Kluber. Even Red Hell Sox, yeah. for James Paxton for ten. I, I, I would have taken a flyer on them. Exactly. That's but, my point. But listen, they're doing they're doing things that the Mets normally haven't done. Yeah, let's see how see how it works out. Because look at it, Scherzer's three years, Marte's four years. Um, you got Lindor for a bunch of years. 
you ha- you're going to yeah. have a core there for quite for a couple of years now. You know, obviously with all this, you're not, you know, you're not bringing back Conforto and uh, no, you're whatnot, not. But but I'm fine with it. It's 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 a changing of the guard. We've done the same things year after year, and I think it's a good uh, if it's a good change to get rid of some of these guys. You know, you also got the kid Britt Batty down in the uh, the minors who's hitting really well. Mm-hmm. Um, see what happens. Yeah, you got Robinson Cano coming back too if he actually uh, puts a good year together. I mean, he's a big, day. giant, fucking cheating mystery. Yeah, but know. hey, if he puts a good year together, that's a heck of a, a back to put that. I think with Cano is he's always been a good hitter. I don't need the home runs. I don't need to just get on, just get on base and get knock people in. That's all I care about these days. Save the home runs for Pete. That's you know, that's about all he does. You know, he's yeah. still got Don Davis, which I, you know, I really love him too. You know, so go with that. Oh, we have a Chris Kreider three nothing goal. Wow, Rangers are uh, they, they on love, fire. They love playing the Flyers. Okay. They just started like two minutes ago. It's a uh, uh, started like forty five minutes ago, and it's the second period. All right. No, 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 no. Yes, I'm all aware. My daughter's trying to lecture me on hockey. How is that possible? That's uh, interesting. Interesting fact. My my daughter wants to know how it's possible. They just the game the game just started and they just scored. It was no, it's in the second period. Yeah, I know. I'm, All right, moving on to college football quick, Russ. You got a big matchup this weekend between Georgia and Alabama. A fucking Titanic matchup. Um, Alabama loses this game. They're not going to be in the playoff, right? I so can't wait for them to lose. Uh, Georgia's (laughs) obviously undefeated. Number one coach's poll, everybody's poll. Fucking any poll you got, they're there. Uh, Alabama, um, what do you call it? One loss, sitting at 11-1. and Um, but my big thing is I, I, I'm not, I'm not huge in the college football like I was, but it will be a travesty if something happens with Oklahoma state and they don't, I, obviously one of you, the Georgia or Alabama going to lose. So whoever loses, if Alabama loses, they're done. They're not getting into the playoff. Correct. If Georgia loses, they're still getting in. They still may get in because they're. Right now, it's Georgia, Alabama, Cincinnati, and Michigan. And Michigan. It will be a travesty if Oklahoma State does not get into the fucking playoff because they have one of the hardest schedules of the top four, and they have played phenomenal. Now, they play Baylor, who's ranked number 18th as well, but Oklahoma State has been excellent this year. And I, I don't mean to knock Cincinnati because I'm always a fan of underdogs. Cincinnati's it's 12 and 0. Under, Cincinnati's 12 and 0. They beat Notre Dame. But other than that, their schedule is terrible. They have not faced top notch talent the way that um, Oklahoma State has. And let me bring it up here. So I'm looking at it right now, Russ. The college football rankings is Georgia 1, Michigan 2, Alabama 3, and Cincinnati 4. Well, I then on the outside, the playoff, the playoff rankings are like are different. So, what do you call it? So let's let's take a. I always love to see the big thought of the underdog put him in a playoff. The little guy from the small, you know, Cincinnati isn't from a, a small small school, but you know, there's there's 
they're not the big uh, SECs and, and ACCs. Um, but look, look at their schedule. Miami of Ohio, Murray State, Indiana. They beat Notre Dame. Great, great win. Temple, University of Central Florida, Navy, Tulane, Tulsa, South yeah. Florida, SMU, yep. Eastern Carolina. They play Houston this week. Houston is also 11-1, and ranked 21. So they are a, a, a viable opponent. But I don't see a strong schedule there. There isn't a strong schedule. Okay. The hardest one was, was Notre Dame, and they won. Okay, great. But Oklahoma, other than that. Oklahoma State. Their schedule. All right, they played Missouri State, Tulsa, Boise, but then Kansas State. They beat Baylor. They played. They beat Texas. They lost to Ohio State. Then they beat. They blew the doors off Kansas. They beat West Virginia. They beat TCU. Blew the doors off them. They beat Texas Tech, twenty-three nothing. They beat Oklahoma, and now they play Baylor again. That is mm-hmm. not. That's not an easy schedule, and. They're sitting at fifth with Notre Dame, and I, I think it would be a shame if Oklahoma State doesn't at least get a shot. And to me, like I said, is if Alabama beats Georgia, Georgia still stays in the top four and gets in. Um, so looking at this. At this point in stage, I feel Alabama is just like the Patriots. And so well, the Cowboys. everybody hates them. If you're not an Alabama fan, when Alabama loses, America wins. Uh-huh. Yes, everybody hates them. Um, that's my only take on it. Is and I always been the ones like when Boise State was big back in the you know back in the day and was the underdog and had these great seasons, but they didn't get that big bowl. Um, mm-hmm. I'm always a fan of giving the, the little guys a shot. This is one instance where you, Oklahoma State deserves to be up there. I think. Well, if Georgia beats Alabama, if Georgia beats Alabama, Alabama's Alabama is out. Alabama's out. And there's no question. Well, as long as everything stays status quo, it's that's what it's going to be. It's going to it'll be Georgia, Michigan, Cincinnati, Oklahoma State. That'll be correct. your top four. Yep. If Alabama beats Georgia, it's going to be Alabama one again, Michigan two, probably Cincy three, and then Georgia will four right to four. And listen, you shouldn't fault them for getting the one loss and losing to an Alabama, but I, I feel bad for. Uh, Oklahoma State. So, and then you're going to have that Alabama. You're going to have the Alabama Georgia matchup again in the playoff with a one versus four. That's what's going to happen. You're going to have them play again if, if based on the scenario you just gave, which I'm fine with. Listen, don't get me wrong. Those are going to be great matchups. Oh yeah, it's just a matter of you know. All right. Oh no, no. no. So Kreider goal was assisted by Mika and another assist by Capo Caco. Guys, putting some points together lately. Is. Now, 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 watch. Now, let me go. We're gonna get Hughes got this deal. Now we're gonna get. I hope they don't. I love Kako. I hope. Uh, I, I hope it's just. I hope it's not something stupid. They're gonna follow the uh, the Devils on that one. So, keeping with the uh, the college football theme, real quick. It'll be oh. an interesting weekend. But it's been an interesting past couple of uh, twenty four to forty eight hours. I would say with Lincoln Riley leaving Oklahoma for USC. Screw both of them. Screw Riley. And Brian Kelly leaving Notre Dame for LSU. Yeah. And like, like you, like like we were talking that seven recruits decommitted. Yeah. Immediately. from Oklahoma. You just screwed Oklahoma for a couple, you know, that could, that could take a year or two or, or possibly more to recover from that. And where already players have committed to other schools, you know, 
you basically just screwed what they're going to get, you know, have coming in. The recruit well, class. there was a top, a top uh, quarterback recruit that was going to Oklahoma. And the minute Lincoln Riley says he's leaving, going to USC, the QB decommits. And then what do you think he did? Obviously he Commits committed to USC. USC. Yeah. Cause Lincoln Riley sold him, but I don't, I don't like that. And uh, the, but, the Brian Kelly thing makes it even worse because I, I I thought I remember him saying that he, you know, he loves Notre Dame, never gonna you know, he he jumped he immediately jumped for the money, and ninety five million, ninety five million nine point five a year to Unreal. coach college football. And I read the whole thing this morning that he spoke for like you know what whatever it was three four minutes after four texting, minutes after texting everybody saying hey I, I you know didn't want you everybody found out social media and then four minutes and they basically just bounced. Fuck Brian Kelly. I hope LSU loses every goddamn game. <laughs> that to me, I, that would piss me off so much. You know, you talk about you know, a, you know, especially if Brian Kelly brought you in. You know, you keep came there. You big Notre Dame. Brian Kelly's been a staple there for ten years, whatever it is. Yep. You know that would that would really. Uh, you know, if it was me, I probably wouldn't even go into that meeting. So screw you. Hey, did you see the rumored contract that Lincoln Riley's getting from USC? Uh, yes, they're going to buy his two houses in Oklahoma um, uh, and sell them separately. They're going to move him. He gets used to the private. I mean, this is one thing that I never agree with pay, paying players. But goddamn, you're talking about all this money going to coaches, like the out-of-control money. That uh, shit, I can't blame the players for wanting a piece. Lincoln Riley's contract is rumored to be worth $110 million. Your like you just is, said, USC is buying both of his homes and, and then selling them. Your screen is frozen and you, you look like a chipmunk with glasses. Oh, great. <laughs> I hear your voice. You're talking, but your screen is frozen. <laughs> they are buying a $6 million home for him in L.A., and yeah. they're giving him 24-7 use of a private jet for him and his family. Yeah, honestly, I how mean, can you not blame these players for wanting a piece of money? Sure, why not? I still don't like the whole the deal thing. Me personally, I, I think it should be like if you're if you're on a team, you know, obviously you, you're not working. You know, there should be funds deviated so that they can have, you know, basically a uh, an allowance. Every week, you know, yep. so that they can at least do something and have a little bit of money, you know, I think that um, another big thing on this whole way things played out with Kelly and Riley leaving their, uh, their colleges. Why, why do college football coaches have their contracts written the way they're written that they can just up and leave? Yeah, I don't you know the way. Look at this. Notre Dame is fifth or sixth in the rankings right now before the final week of college football season, before the playoffs start. And he just up and left them. Yeah, I don't get that. He's built this. He's built a Notre Dame team that's limited by the fact that it's such a religious school that not everybody wants to go there. And it's hard to get into. Yes, and it's, it's hard to get into. And you built, you know, a culture that, You've been to the, the championship game a couple times. You just haven't gotten over the hump. Yep. Well, why would you want to just up and leave now? To what? So that you can possibly win one with, you know, I, I, you know. I mean, you just, <laughs> Russ, wouldn't it, wouldn't it be funny? If, <coughs> wouldn't it be funny if Michigan oh, loses man. to Iowa 
this weekend? What's that? Wouldn't it be funny if Michigan loses this weekend in the Big Ten uh, championship championship game? Wouldn't it be funny if Cincinnati somehow slips out? Wouldn't it be funny if somehow Alabama loses to Georgia and slips out? It would. Cause. And Notre Dame sneaks in. Now, if, who coaches if, their game? If Cincinnati loses, they're definitely out. Yes. You're right. How does that work? How do you think about go- this? Think about if Notre Dame sneaks in to the playoff and somehow runs the table, <laughs> beats Georgia. Wouldn't it be something like the biggest F you to Brian Kelly on the way out that this team put together a run in the playoff and won a national championship? Me personally, if I was the quarterback, uh, which is, uh, is it Jeff, it's Jack Cohen. It, yeah, it's a uh, it's a local guy from yeah, Long it's a local Island. Boy from uh, East Islip, I think, wasn't he? Or West Islip? Save Saville or Islip? Yeah, Save, local yeah, guy yeah. from Long Island. Um, me personally, I'd be like, yo, if we we're playing the championship game, you just de- I don't I don't want you coaching my ass. You 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 committed somewhere else. Get the hell out of here. No, no, he's not coaching. He's gone. He's 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 <laughs> LSU. He's gone. He's not coaching. Uh... I thought he was finishing up the season. No, 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 no. There's rumors of the offensive offensive or defensive coordinator. Coaching, uh, coaching yeah. them. Yes, they that, make would it be, that would be something then if they won, you know. Oh, it'd be a big FU. It'd be a, a, unbelievable if that actually would have happened. If Brian Kelly called me to congratulate me, I would just hang up the phone. <laughs> let's think. Let's say, okay, let's say, let's say Georgia beats Alabama. Alabama's out. Let's say Michigan loses to Iowa. They're out. Um, and Houston beats zero. Cincinnati. Yeah, you would. Yeah, you would probably see Oklahoma State, Notre Dame, possibly Ohio State jump up, right? Like you would see chaos if this actually comes yeah. to fruition. The other thing too is, is if let's say Baylor sits at ninth at ten and two, all that happens and they beat Oklahoma State with that strength of schedule, would that bump them up if all that happened? Puts them right into the conversation, at least yeah. in the five six matchup. If not, and again too, a four. If, I, if Iowa to beat Michigan, Iowa sits. Technically, Iowa's 13th, but they're 10-2 and two as well. There's about eight fucking teams or 10 teams here tied at 10-2. and two. Yeah. So that would be, be interesting. Ole Miss 10-2, and two, Ohio State 10-2, and two, Baylor 10-2, and two, Oregon, Michigan State, Brigham Young, uh, Iowa, Oklahoma, Pittsburgh, Wake Forest, Jesus Christ, like Oprah. You're 10-2. and two. You're 10-2. You're 10-2. <laughs> um, it'd be interesting to see. It would be. And I always, I'm always a fan of the uh, of the chaos and the underdog coming through and and all that fun stuff. I listen. I want a four team, you know, MLB playoff tiebreaker for the wild card on the last day of the season. That's that's what I want to see. But yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting. Definitely a great uh, sports weekend coming up with all those matchups and obviously F Alabama because I'm not a fan of them either. <laughs> All right. All right. I'm gonna go Russ, that's going to put a uh that's going to put a bow on episode number 28. I'm going to plant my ass on the couch and watch the rest of this game. Yeah, I am too. Uh Rangers up 3 nothing halfway through the second. Uh we'll be back next week with episode 29. I'm working on a guest for uh one of these next upcoming shows discussing uh Jeff Platt coming back on the show. He was our uh, guest for our very first show that we did about 7 months ago. First. <laughs> you know I'm a big fanboy of Jeff, but uh, 
reached out to Jeff last week and uh, said, hey, there was a great World Series of Poker. Jeff had a good run himself with a couple of caches and a final table. Phil Hellmuth had a great run with his 17th, uh, 16th bracelet, going for his 17th. So I asked Jeff to come back on, and Jeff and I are in discussions to have him uh, come back on the show and discuss a bunch of stuff. And Jeff is a USC guy, so I'd love to get his opinion on uh, on the Lincoln-Riley thing and see, uh, as a USC alum, what his thoughts are on this whole thing. All right. But, like I said, it's going to put a bow on episode 28. We'll be back next week. Obviously, Sunday we will put out on Twitter our football picks. Hopefully we get back on track because I've had a uh, I've hit a couple of speed bumps along the way here, and you're just chugging along. Pleasure, <laughs> but uh, give me a couple bucks and I'll give you a couple hints. <laughs> I'm okay. <laughs> All right, but we'll uh, we'll see you next week, everybody from New York. Have a good night and a good rest of.